everyone. My name is Dr. Michael Nowak, and today I'll be reading a few excerpts from a cardiology textbook on the approach to cardiac disease diagnosis, mixed with a few commentaries and explanations. Let's begin. General considerations. The patient's history is a critical feature in the evaluation of suspected or overt heart disease. It includes information about the present illness, past illnesses, and the patient's family. From this information, a chronology of the patient's disease process should be constructed. Determining what information in the history is useful requires a detailed knowledge of the pathophysiology of cardiac disease. The effort spent on listening to the patient is time well invested because the cause of cardiac disease is often discernible from the history. Common symptoms. There will be seven common symptoms discussed. Number one common symptom, chest pain. Chest pain is one of the cardinal symptoms of ischemic heart disease, but it can also occur with other forms of heart disease. The five characteristics of ischemic chest pain or angina pectoris are as follows. Anginal pain usually has a substernal location, but may extend to the left or right chest, shoulders, neck, jaw, arms, epigastrum, and occasionally the upper back. The pain is deep, visceral, and intense. It makes the patient pay attention, but is not excruciating. Many patients describe it as a pressure-like sensation or a tightness. The duration of the pain is minutes, not seconds. The pain tends to be precipitated by exercise or emotional stress. And the pain is relieved by resting or taking sublingual nitroglycerin. Subnote, I mentioned the word visceral pain. And just remember that visceral pain is a pain that results from uh, the activation of receptors of the thorax, pelvis, or even the abdominal organs. These visceral structures are very highly sensitive to stretch or distension, ischemia, or inf inflammation, but are usually not going to be as sensitive to other stimuli, such as burning or cutting. Common symptom number two, dyspnea. A frequent complaint of patients with a variety of cardiac diseases, dyspnea is ordinarily one of the four types. The most common type is exertional dyspnea, which usually means that the underlying condition is mild because it requires the increased demand of exertion to precipitate symptoms. The next most common is paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea, characterized by the patient awakening after being asleep or recumbent for an hour or more. This symptom is caused by the redistribution of body fluids from the lower extremities into the vascular space and back to the heart, resulting in volume overload. It suggests a more severe condition. Third is orthopnea, a dyspnea that occurs immediately on assuming the recumbent position. The mild increase in venous return caused by lying down before any fluid is mobilized from the interstitial spaces in the lower extremities is responsible for the symptom, which suggests even more severe disease. Finally, dyspnea at rest suggests severe cardiac disease. Dyspnea is not specific for heart disease. However, exertional dyspnea, for example, can be due to pulmonary disease, anemia, or deconditioning. 
Orthopnea is a frequent complaint in patients with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and postnasal drip. A history of, quote, two-pillow orthopnea, end quote, is of little value unless the reason for the use of two pillows is disconcerting. Resting dyspnea is also a sign of pulmonary disease. Paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea is perhaps the most specific for cardiac disease because few other conditions cause this symptom. Side note, deconditioning has been defined as the multiple potentially reversible changes in body systems brought about by physical inactivity and disuse. It commonly occurs in two situations, uh, number one being a sedentary lifestyle, and number two with bed or chair rest during acute illnesses. Common symptom number three, syncope and presyncope. Lightheadedness, dizziness, presyncope, and syncope are important indications of a reduction in cerebral blood flow. These symptoms are nonspecific and can be due to primary central nervous system disease, metabolic conditions, dehydration, or inner ear problems. Because bradyarrhythmias and tachyarrhythmias are important cardiac causes, a history of palpitations preceding the event is significant. Common symptom number four, transient central nervous system deficits. Deficits such as transient ischemic attacks, also called TIAs, suggest emboli from the heart or great vessels, or rarely from the venous circulation through an intracardiac shunt. A TIA should prompt the search for cardiovascular disease. Any sudden loss of blood flow to a limb also suggests a cardioembolic event. Side note. A intracardiac shunt is a pattern of blood flow in the heart that deviates from the normal circuit of the circulatory system. It's frequently described as a right-to-left shunt, left-to-right shunt, or bidirectional shunt. And basically, these are the connections like an ASD, atrial septal defect, PFO, patent frame and ovale, VSD, ventricular septal defect, or PDA, patent ductus arteriosus, that's connecting two chambers or two vessels that are not normally connected. Common symptom number five, fluid retention. These symptoms are not specific for heart disease, but may be due to reduced cardiac function. Typical symptoms are peripheral edema, bloating, weight gain, and abdominal pain from an enlarged liver or spleen. Decreased appetite, diarrhea, jaundice, and nausea and vomiting can also occur from gut or hepatic dysfunction due to fluid engorgement. Common symptom number six, palpitation. Normal resting cardiac activity usually cannot be appreciated by the individual. Awareness of heart activity is often referred to by patients as palpitation. Among patients, there is no standard definition for this type of sensation represented by palpitation, so the physician, PA, or NP must explore the sensation further with the patient. It is frequently useful to have the patient tap the perceived heartbeat out by hand. Commonly, unusually forceful heart activity at a normal rate of 60 to 100 beats per minute is perceived as palpitation. 
More forceful contractions are usually the result of endogenous catecholamine excretion that does not elevate the heart rate out of the normal range. A common cause of this phenomenon is anxiety. Another common sensation is that of the heart stopping transiently or of the occurrence of isolated forceful beats or both. This sensation is usually caused by premature ventricular contractions and the patient either feels the compensatory pause or the resultant more forceful subsequent beat or both. Occasionally, the individual refers to this phenomenon as, quote, skipped, end quote, beats. The least common sensation reported by individuals, but the one most linked to the term, quote, palpitation, end quote, is rapid heart rate that may be regular or irregular and is usually supraventricular in origin. Common symptom number seven, cough. Although cough is usually associated with pulmonary disease processes, cardiac conditions that lead to pulmonary abnormalities may be the root cause of the cough. A cardiac cough is usually dry or non-productive. Pulmonary fluid Engorgement from conditions such as heart failure may present as cough. Pulmonary hypertension from any cause can result in cough. Finally, angiotensin-converting enzyme inhibitors, which are frequently used in cardiac conditions, can cause cough. History There are four subparts of history. History number one. The present illness. This is a chronology of the events leading up to the patient's current complaints. Usually physicians, PAs, or NPs start with the chief complaint and explore the patient's symptoms. It is especially important to determine the frequency, intensity, severity, and duration of all symptoms, their precipitating causes, what relieves them, and what aggravates them. Although information about previous related diseases and opinions from other physicians, PAs and NPs, are often valuable, it is essential to explore the basis of any prior diagnosis and ask the patient about objective testing and the results of each test. A history or prior treatment is often revealing because medications or surgery may indicate the nature of the original problem. A list of all the patient's current medications should be reviewed, confirming the dosages, the frequency of administration, and whether they are helping the patient and noting any side effects. History number two, antecedent conditions. Several systemic diseases may have cardiac involvement. It is therefore useful to search for a history of rheumatic fever, which may manifest as sidehem chorea, joint pain and swelling, or merely frequent sore throats. Other important diseases that affect the heart include metastatic cancer, thyroid disorders, diabetes mellitus, and inflammatory diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis and systemic lupus erythematosus. Certain events during childhood are suggestive of congenital or acquired heart disease. These include a history of cyanosis, 
reduced exercise tolerance, or long periods of restricted activities, or school absence. Exposure to toxins, infectious agents, or other noxious substances may also be relevant. History number three, atherosclerotic risk factors. Atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease is the most common form of heart disease in industrialized nations. The presenting symptoms of this ubiquitous disorder may be unimpressive and minimal or as impressive as sudden death. It is therefore important to determine from the history whether any risk factors for this disease are present. The most important are a family history of atherosclerotic disease, especially at a younger age, diabetes mellitus, lipid disorders such as high, low-density lipoprotein cholesterol level, hypertension, and smoking. Less important factors include a lack of exercise, high stress levels, lower socioeconomic status, and truncal obesity. History number four, family history. A family history is important for determining the risk for not only atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease, but also for many other cardiac diseases. Congenital heart disease, for example, is more common in the offspring of parents with this condition, and a history of the disorder in the antecedent family or siblings is significant. Other genetic diseases such as neuromuscular disorders or connective tissue disorders, i.e. Marfan syndrome, can affect the heart. Acquired diseases such as rheumatic valve disease cl can cluster in families because of the spread of streptococcal infection among family members. The lack of a history of hypertension in the family might prompt a more intensive search for a secondary cause. A history of atherosclerotic disease sequelae such as limb loss, strokes, and heart attacks may provide a clue to the aggressiveness of an atherosclerotic tendency in a particular family group. Side note, Sidenham's chorea is sometimes also known as chorea minor and even uh, rarely noted as the old term St. Vitus's dance. And basically this is a disorder characterized by very rapid, uncoordinated jerky movements primarily that affect the face, hands, and feet. This is uh, something that can occur after group A beta hemolytic strep infections and in somewhere of around 25% of patients who have acute rheumatic fever. Uh, this is something that is seen a little bit more in the younger generation, usually under 16 years of age, as compared to adults. And history lesson, uh, this is named after a British physician, Thomas Sidenham, who lived from uh, 1624 to 1689. And it was named that St. Vitus's dance uh, in reference to a saint, Vitus, uh, who was a Christian saint and was uh, persecuted by Roman emperors uh, way back when in uh, 303 AD. Uh, St. Vitus was a patron saint of dancers and these abnormal movements that they would sometimes do in dancing around uh, his statue is how this got its name. Thank you very much 
for listening to today's podcast, The Approach to Cardiac Disease Diagnosis. My name is Dr. Michael Nowak, and please check out our other medical podcasts by Certified Medical Educators. Have a great day.